eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. We begin... Um, I, I, I don't want to say somber per se, because we did have a Nick metal, but you know, if you're an American, maybe it's a little somber. So, uh, RJ Barrett will be the only Nick coming back home with a medal from the FIBA World Cup. Both the U.S. and Canada suffered defeats, uh, to the likes of Germany and Serbia, respectively, in the semifinal round of the World Cup. So, they ended up battling in an epic showdown for the bronze medal. And you don't use the word epic with bronze normally, but this was a, a pretty epic game. So, Canada surprisingly led by Dylan Brooks with 39 points, knocks off the Americans in overtime this past weekend. Mikael Bridges has sent the game into overtime with an absolute miraculous three. He had needed to make a free throw and then miss and then grab his own rebound, get behind the three-point line, do a almost a Ray Allen impression against the Spurs from the finals way back when, and drill a three from the corner that looked like he went off the glass. It was a play that I've never seen before. It was an incredible play. Um, to send the game into overtime, you thought maybe the Americans would take uh, that that uh, momentum into overtime. But uh, Shea Gildas, Alexander, uh, Dylan Brooks and R.J. Barrett, the Knicks own, uh, would not allow it. Barrett hit an absolute dagger three in overtime uh, to help propel Canada to victory. R.J. finished with 23 points. Shea Gildas, Alexander finished with 31. For the U.S., you had Anthony Edwards leading all Americans with 24 I thought Canada did a really good job of trying to crowd him and get the ball out of his hands as much as they could. He still ended up with 24. Bridges had 19. And then for the Nick players on Team USA, you had Jalen Brunson with 13 and Josh Hart with 10. So it's Canada's first medal in international competition in 87 years, which is kind of crazy to think about considering how much of an impact Canada basketball has had in our NBA world for really the last 10, 15 years. But it's been 87 years since they've medaled in any international competitions. Uh, so shout out to Canada for that. Uh, it's the first time since 1970 the U.S. has failed to medal in consecutive World Cups. Remember, they also finished seventh in 2019. So uh, after the U.S. Uh, was defeated, uh, Shams Rania conveniently this Monday morning uh, posting the report that LeBron James is interested in making a return to Team USA and is already already has the commitments of fellow stars like Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, and Jason Tatum to join him on Team USA for the Olympics next season. So a lot happened on the FIBA landscape this weekend. First, I'll ask you, Tommy, about the U.S. So they, they failed the medal. 
Obviously, that's a disappointment given this team had the most NBA players of any of the teams uh, in this tournament. Why were they unable to play better, essentially, is my question. This day, they had the loss to Germany, and then, of course, you, you lose to Canada, a team that also was star-studded, but nonetheless, a disappointment for the U.S. Yeah, listen, they lost three out of the last four games um, and gave up an average of 117 points per game. That's 40-minute mm. games. You know, it's not – that's not 48-minute yeah. games. Um, so, you know, in short, that's your direct answer. Um, defensively, they just weren't up to snuff, which ties into the issue we talked about previously, um, their their lack of bigs. Um, Jalen Jax Jr., um, incredibly finished the tournament with the same number of rebounds as Jalen Brunson, um, half as many as, as Josh Hart. Um, so it's just, you know, he was basically their only reliable big, the kind of big that they were depending on to kind of buttress that back line and anchor the, def the defense. And it made sense, theoretically, um, going into the uh, the tournament, considering that he was the reigning NBA player of the year. Um, but as we noticed and as we've seen, as the USA probably should have known, um, skill sets in the NBA do not translate directly to FIBA. Um, you know, point yeah. uh, perfect case in point is Jalen Brunson, a terrific ISO scorer, um, you know, that guy down in the post, you know, death in the mid range, et cetera. Um, that's not what FIBA, you know, that, that doesn't play to his strengths where it's ball movement and, and sets and chemistry and cohesion, et cetera, as opposed to one-on-one -on -one scoring production. Um, but yeah, I would say the two biggest issues for USA, um, one, it's not shocking that they lost. Um, it's it's definitely surprising. They were obviously favorites. Uh, for them to lose three out of the last four games is, you know, is is not certainly what not anybody expected. Um, but listen, the last, what, three, four MVPs have all been foreign players. Um, it's not a surprise that the rest of the world has, you know, is essentially caught up to the NBA in terms of talent and production and size, et cetera. Um, and a lot of, and the advantage that a lot of teams have is these guys, a lot of these guys in Germany, a lot of these guys in Lithuania, have been practicing playing together since they're 12 years old, 14 years old, 16 year olds, under 18 teams, yeah. um, professional ranks. They don't go to, you know, 18 different AAU circuit teams and, and, and 40 different colleges and high schools and G leagues and over, over time, uh, you know, all these different kind of sects. It's more of a, a of a, a there's definitely obviously more familiarity with each other. So um, for, for that, and all, you know, I think it's a combination of all those reasons and some bad luck. Um, you know, the, the USA finds itself without a medal. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I look, I'm someone who like coach K obviously is, is a legend and one of the greatest you know, college basketball coaches of all time. Um, I think he does have some tendencies that are a little, I don't know. He, he can rub me the wrong way with some of the stuff he says and does, at least in the last, you know, I say maybe five to 10 years. That being said, what you cannot dispute is his ability, along with Jerry Colangelo, to really build up the U.S. basketball program into just that, a program. And it just feels like since Colangelo and uh, Coach K kind of stepped away that we've seen this thing kind of to kind of go into dis disrepair, almost honestly. I mean, I, I think that Greg Popovich – was really kind of just going through the motions coaching this team. Um, they took away a lot of the, the, the measures they had to kind of really build a strong team together, which was, you know, four year commitments, which was training camps, even in non uh, you know, years where you had a, a international tournament um, tryouts where guys actually actually earned their way onto the team. So they actually kind of could see how their teams would fit. They've thrown, done away with that. And they've done away with that completely. I don't know if they just feel like this generation of player just won't, 
you know, commits or something like that. I don't know. I I mean, I, I don't have the answers for why that's the case, but that is the case. And I think that that has hurt this team because I think that in the years past, they haven't won the last few World Cups and they haven't won one actually since 2014. But, you know, uh, from 20, 2006, I think, was when Coach K took over, uh, they finished third in that World Cup. And then from then on, they went gold up until 2014. They were doing all the things I mentioned. And I think they had a team that was a lot more uh, cohesive. Even if you had a couple of guys missing every now and then, most of the time you had the same guys playing every year. So there was some chemistry. And we don't have that now. Well, now we just have random guys playing every year. Uh, I don't want to throw it all on these guys. I mean, they didn't perform uh, defensively at all. And that's, you know, as you mentioned, why they're going home. But I just think the randomness of the U.S. program under Pop that now has been inherited by Steve Kerr, and I'm not absolving him either. I mean, I just feel like watching Kerr and Spo, and I got to be honest, I'm a huge Kerr fan, so I don't. it's crazy for me to say this. But I felt like I was, in some I was watching uh, Winning Time. I felt like I was watching, uh, you know, uh, Paul Westhead, and I was watching Pat Riley as an assistant kind of looking at this thing wondering, man, like I just can't imagine a Spo team playing with this level of apathy defensively. Like I like maybe he should be the coach and not Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr is clearly not getting these guys to play the right way. So uh, I think a lot of that has a lot to do with this. Now LeBron's going to come in and he's going to bring the Avengers together to try to save the day. And if he gets all these guys, I'm almost certain the U.S. will probably win a gold medal. But they should have won with this team. They should have been able to win with the team they had. They should have been able to put together a roster that should have been able to get it done. And I don't think there's an excuse that we didn't have our best player to win this tournament. Giannis didn't play for Greece. Serbia yep. went far in this tournament. They didn't have uh, Jokic. So it's 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 no excuse for the U.S. to fall flat the way they did. Yeah, no, listen, totally agree. It, 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 at, the, at the end of the day, had more than enough talent to get it done. Listen, could yeah. they have balanced the roster out a little bit better? Um, even defensively, point of attack defenders, um, you know, they have to hold up there. You know, they have to take some responsibility. Obviously, SGA, um, who, as we talked about previously, you know, one of the main takeaways, I think, from the, the World Cup myself is that this kid is destined for superstardom, you know, not yep. just, uh, you know, not not just the all-star stuff. Or like MVP, I think, is in his future at yeah. some point. He's that talented and that impactful on the overall game. Obviously, Dylan Brooks had a huge game, you know, 39 points in his career high, NBA career high. Um, so, the, you know, so it wasn't just the, the defense, you know, down low. So um, you're right. Listen, if they get Braun and Steph, I was, and I was shocked. I didn't even realize it until somebody mentioned it today when they were talking about that Curry's never played for an Olympic team. He seems like the ideal guy, like the wholesome, you know, all-American mm. and, and a great shooter. We know that, that the FIBA ball places an importance on shooting. Um, I know there were injuries and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Up at weird times, but I was surprised it just kind of, he kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. Um, so yeah, listen, it'd be great if those guys come back and make one last run. Um, and well, that LeBron at age 39 is still capable and, and the team would want him, you know, usually some of those guys, um, but we know he's still playing at a high level. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, they need better backline defenders, you know, whether it's Bam, um, you know, and, and then just the, the, the kind of the secondary role players, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I wrote about it this morning it, of all the players on the team, on the FIBA team that could go to Paris next summer, a guy like Josh Hart may have a better chance of making the roster yeah. than Jalen Brunson, Absolutely. you know, if they bring, 
uh, if they bring in uh, the Curry's and the Kyrie's of the world. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But maybe even a guy like Mitch Robinson, uh, you know, you know, like that type of, um, you know, solely, yeah. you know, defensive minded is, you know, never going to play football offensively. You know, he'll attack the offensive boards um, where the U- Team USA got badly out rebounded uh, against the Lithuanian Montenegro and um, and, and finally, uh, you know, Germany and Canada. So, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But um the, you know, there's there's um, reasons for the defeat, but make no mistake about it. Tip your hat to Canada; they played the better game. Um, and if and if the USA had, uh, you know, if that Bridges shot had led to a, a, a medal, let alone, you know, imagine that was in the gold medal game. Um, yeah, that was that, was that really was remarkable. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but uh, nothing nothing short of uh, utmost credit to Canada. And uh, maybe this will light a little fire under the. Uh, under Team USA, and we'll have the redeemed team to redeem the team that the redeemed team that the redeemed <laughs> team. We, we've kind of yeah, run out we of gotta find, we're gonna we're gonna have to find a new name for this team, the rebound yes. team, or I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> some, I don't know what they're trying to do. This team, they won a gold medal in the Olympics, uh, that nobody thought they were gonna win really, given how poorly they were playing on the pop, and then they lost in the World Cup. Sorry, what are you redeeming? I don't know. It's very, it's gonna be very weird. Uh, I will say, and I gotta say it again, as I said on the last show, like R.J. Barrett. This guy, he steps up in big games. I mean, we see, we saw it again in this game. He was aggressive. Um, he shot the ball well enough. He was getting to the cup, and and look, Canada was was heat seeking at Austin Reeves and Jalen Brunson. But when Barrett had Reeves on him, it was just it was right to the basket, and it was easy for him. So uh, he put together a really strong tournament. I think if you're a Knicks fan, you got to feel good about uh, where his game is at coming into this season. Shot the ball well, finished much better. So him playing against these Americans, no doubt he's one of the top four or five guys on the court in this game. So that's something to take home if you're a Knicks fan for sure. Um, this tournament, it's so kind of the I don't want to say bad news, but the, the not so great news takeaway from RJ is that the inconsistency was there. He was, you know, that's true. Uh, had a four point game in game one against France. Um, was one of ten, I think, in in the third game. Yeah. Uh, started the tournament out three of ten from the free throw line over the first three games. Um, so there was, and then he had a nineteen point game in the middle. Um, so that's important to note. Um, didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't uh, a lights out from three point land. Um, you know, so I think he finished the tournament shooting thirty four percent from three, which is a decent percentage. Um, but it wasn't like you know, oh my God, he fixed his shot, and you know, Drew Hanlon, you know, deserves a raise, and yada yada yada. Uh, but he did play downhill, um, did take advantage of strength, a little bit more committed on the defensive end, um, focused on getting to the free throw line, even though it looked like he had the yips at the start of the tournament. And then, yeah. as you as you pointed out, and as we talked about during that Cavs series, during the start of that Heat series, he can go on a run where he's um, with even on a court, sharing court with the other best players on the planet, Donovan Mitchell and Bam and Jimmy Butler or, you know, uh, you know, whatever SGA and, and uh, yeah. Josh Brunson and Mikhail Bridges, et cetera. Um, he can Im- he can make a huge impact on the game. And he finishes the tournament over the final three games, averaging 20. Uh, I have it right here. Yeah, 20 points. Final three games. Final three games at 23.3 points, yeah. 6.3 rebounds, 2.6 threes, while shooting over 49% from the floor. Um, ended up making four of his final 17 free throws. It's 82.3%. Um, so, again, those are really impressive numbers. And, again, 
this is Canada. That game against USA was the biggest game in anybody's lifetime that lived in Canada. Like, as yep, you know, six Olympics was the last time um, Canada had medaled in any international competition in Berlin. So, um, you know, these were huge. You saw, you know, into some of the Twitter fans were mocking RJ for dancing after his bad game and they advanced to the, the, the semifinals. They, that game meant that that Olymp- that. Canada had uh, had advanced and qualified officially for the Olympics next year. Yes, it's not a given for a country like Canada. You know, USA we take that stuff for granted, um, but for Canada, that, that that's no guarantee. So um, it, it's such a divisive player because you know, for the folks that want to be really really high on him, you can't really dispute that he's only twenty three. He has these yeah. games where he plays so well. For other folks that say his floor is, you know, his ceiling rather is a lot lower than than some of the other folks. You can you can see where they are coming from as well. Um, yeah. You know, we tried to pre- we try to present both sides of the argument here on this pod, and this is one of those situations where, depending on which glasses you want to wear, the most cold glasses or the you know the RJ you know blurry glasses, you can you can make an argument you know for or against. But overall, the way things ended, it's hard to deny the fact that he's going to enter camp with a lot of confidence. He's going to enter Definitely. camp with bragging rights when he sees Brunson and Hart and those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he was the second leading scorer on a historic Canadian team that uh, that that won a gold medal. Uh, I'm sorry, that won a, a bronze, bronze medal. medal. That yeah. in, in an and beat the U.S. Game. And beat the U.S. in that in the in the, in the ultimate game. So um, big, big props to RJ. Um, we'll see again if he can consistently try to contribute um, but you can't, you have to be, you have to like, if you're an RJ supporter, you have to like what you saw of these last few weeks. Yeah, 16.8 points for the tournament, uh, 45% from the field, 37% from three, uh, 63% from the free throw line. Free throw line is the one that maybe looked like, oh, how'd that happen? Again, he had some really bad early games in the tournament. But those other slashes you would take, for sure, yep. for a Knicks fan. Yes. Um, so, so. Uh, credit to R.J. Barry, congrats to R.J. Barry and the rest of the Canadian team and Team USA. Get your act together, man. That what we saw was not good before this tournament.